everyone. It is Asla here from Youth Speak, and we're so excited for another episode of the Speak Real podcast. We're going to be sharing one-on-one stories with um, our youth speakers about the lessons they've learned and their life experiences. We believe that storytelling is the best way to empower youth and give them a platform to uh, find their voice. Today, I'm here with Hami, and we're going to talk about his journey with mental health. So Hami, um, just to get us started, um, I want to ask you to describe a characteristic you aspire to be in one word. I know that uh, I just want to be someone when that, that when I pass away, I will be remembered as someone that made even a little change in the world in a positive way. That's wow. what I have to do. <laughs> That's incredible. I think like, um, that's kind of like, what I'd like to add to my list as well. Like you want, you want to be that kind of person. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, so talk to me a bit about your childhood. What was it like growing up? So I spent uh, most of my childhood uh, back home. I come from Iran, came to Canada in 2008. So roughly 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, childhood was pretty good uh, when it comes to, you know, being loved by parents or, you know, the surroundings. Thing was pretty nice until I hit my teenagehood because uh, back home the, the culture is is very different. So um, it just started getting kind of hard when I could think for myself. I think it was like 12, 13, that I couldn't just accept what everyone else was saying. I guess I I was just like one dimensional. You know, back home it was just study and come home and that's it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I couldn't really express myself that way. So. I would say up to like 12 years old, it was pretty nice. I had a lot of people that loved me and I loved them. Pretty big family, pretty big family united, which was, which was really good. And uh, yeah, but I don't know if that's considered childhood or not. <laughs> My teenagehood, I guess it's the same for everybody. That's, that's the time that we all go through the most challenges, right? Mm-hmm. That's when it got kind of, kind of tough. Yeah, that's, uh, I, I definitely agree. I feel like around that time for me, like things started to get really tough as well. Um, especially with like knowing what words to put to your feelings and how to, how to talk about them. I found that really hard as well. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so within your journey, what would you say is the biggest challenge that you faced? So def- the biggest challenge definitely kind of came face to face with me when I immigrated here to Canada. Mm-hmm. Reason was, or I think the reason was that uh, this is kind of a, like a free world comparison to a lot of other countries, uh, including mine. So I was able to actually explore myself and do what I want and say what I want and express myself, especially to my parents. And when I did that, uh, it wasn't exactly what they hoped it would be because they, they came here with a dream of me and my sister going to school, studying and just go to university, just keep going up and up. But they, they, they even never learned anything about like, you know, relationships or mental health. You know, back then, if you talked about mental health, they'd be like, what are you talking about? Right. Mm-hmm. It was like, just, you know, like have a glass of water or something. Yeah, <laughs> pray it away. <laughs> so, yeah, once I, once I came here, uh, and I'll just be honest because I think it might help some people. I, back home, the schools are all you know, boys, boys and girls are not in the same school. And that's not just like a Catholic school or it's, it's the same with every school. 
Mm-hmm. So me growing up, I never really had the chance, and and I'm a straight, so I like I like girls and I like girls now, but <laughs> I just say that to be clear. So mm-hmm. I never had the chance to actually like socialize mm-hmm. with them and see like you know come up with like lines to say hello or like you know mm-hmm. simple things that a teenager would do. And then when I came here, uh, I was really good at studying, so I was like, wow, I'm gonna go there and everybody's gonna be like, yes, you know, you're so good at this and that, but nobody really cared. Mm-hmm. And, when I realized that I can't really sit down and, and talk to anybody, you know, let alone if, if that was a girl, it was even worse. I had no social skills because I never learned anything. I just felt like I'm literally a baby mm-hmm. uh, who was just born, doesn't even speak the language, so it was pretty similar. So I had mm-hmm. to learn everything from scratch. That was the hardest thing because they, mm-hmm. you know, my parents wouldn't really support me because they thought that, you know, the, the Western world is affecting me in a negative way or or whatever they just thought yeah. they're in control so mm-hmm. i just felt really alone like very lonely because mm-hmm. uh, you know they they didn't really feel the connections they had with me they, they feel like they felt like they're they're losing me so i had to go through um a lot of i would say i don't know what to call it maybe i would call it the thought process a very long thought process to actually pinpoint uh what i need to do to find myself and to actually be able to introduce myself to someone because i didn't know even what to say i just mm-hmm. know i'm hammy i'm from iran and i you know i get good marks that mm-hmm. was <laughs> i had nothing else to say i know i want to have a lot of things to say yeah. but i couldn't so then i took you know i took uh, different steps to uh to to gain some confidence and be able to actually find find out more things about myself because i felt like if I, I was a stranger here to everybody but most importantly i was a stranger to myself i, I couldn't recognize myself at all that was the biggest challenge to yeah. date mm-hmm. that is a that's a very hard struggle to deal with and um i kind of relate to that myself like um you know being an immigrant and having that experience of like being born again because it's such a different world right and then like it's kind of natural to like see something so different and be afraid of it but um i'm really interested about the steps you took to overcome this um this challenge of identity yeah so uh i just i just knew that i need to kind of uh, find a home in in my in my thoughts or in my mind even in my soul because i felt like i'm kind of homeless you know i would go to school no friends nobody even cared and i would come home and my parents are are like always worried that that i'm doing something wrong so i i knew that i have to find a new home for myself mm-hmm. and uh, i searched in my head and i i realized that i i really love this uh drama that i used to watch in iran it was a korean drama this guy mm-hmm. his name was jumong or something and he was a legend right he basically like is like uh he was the founder of korea or or what not but mm-hmm. Most, the most important thing for me was that he did Taekwondo. Mm-hmm. But me, I, I never saw myself as someone that can do martial arts, right? I just never thought, I, I loved, like I would, you know, fantasize in my head that I'm jumping around, you mm-hmm. know, like breaking boards or, you know, going to competitions and things. Oh, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I knew that if I can convince myself to, to just take the first step and go to a Taekwondo club and just join the club, it would, hopefully become like a home for me so I can you know um what do you call it like seek for comfort whenever I'm not feeling well and it did turn out to be that way I found one I found the club pretty close to my house 
I would, you know, it, like that didn't matter if it was snowing or it was like minus 40. Didn't matter if it's like a thunderstorm with like hail coming down. It didn't matter. I would, I would get there every single day. I went there for like three years and, uh, and I still didn't speak English very well, but I guess it kind of like resonated with the fact that my, my master didn't speak English, but mm. we connecting in some level that was really interesting to me. And that's, that's the first time I felt like, you know what, this is probably some, uh, this is, this is some level of love that I'm feeling toward my master. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, I feel like if I, if I learn more about myself and I can actually express myself, then I can maybe explore more things about myself. So one day I can find the actual love that I'm going to live with. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing because we didn't speak, but with like, you know, sign language or, or whatever, mm-hmm. I, would, <laughs> I would communicate. And I started going to like tournaments. I, I got belts and stuff. So I won a few, which mm-hmm. boosted my confidence. So I feel like, you know what, this is, I'm not that one dimensional guy that everybody told me I am. Mm-hmm. So if I discovered this over three years, if I dig more, I can, uh, you know, I can find uh, more things, find out more things about myself, uh, personality and mm-hmm. uh, things that I might l- love that I never even paid attention to. Mm-hmm. And, started, yeah, it's, and I, and I dig more and more and uh, I realized what I loved and that's the steps I take to, to start my business today. But Wow, that's that's incredible. The fact that uh, you started with that one step watching a movie and then coming on to Taekwondo and just creating that amazing connection with your master that, you know, you ended up pursuing it and won so much. It's a really inspiring story. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, So, um, so Hemi, um, what has been like the best kind of advice that someone's given you through your journey? So this is, this is the, so to answer your question, I'm just going to tell a little thing here in parentheses. I always thought growing up, I thought, and maybe it's because I was angry or I just wanted to prove myself or whatnot, but I always had this idea that, um, that the richer you get, the, the, the bigger you get, bigger in the sense like the more famous you get or the the better job you have or the more employees you have or the bigger boss you have is it kind of like indicates how successful or how happy you are mm-hmm. but I had this thing in back of my head always telling me I don't think so you know because I, I made a lot of mistakes and I realized that you know I lost a lot of friends because at some point I was making money and I lost myself and I thought that I have it all but then, you know, but I was still thinking, oh, my God, if I get rich, oh, my God, if I do this and that. And I was just hoping that, that I can ask someone one day uh, if that's true, someone that, that I can count on, someone that I respect enough to take their word for it. Mm-hmm. My professor, this particular professor told me, uh, if, you get, if you end up getting like offers or job offers or things that people tell you and sounds or seems like a big opportunity, they're not always big opportunities. They mm-hmm. might bring you some, um, how would I put it, some luxuries for a short time, but long term, you might actually become miserable. So, wow. yeah, so that to me kind of eliminated the need to be always thinking about, oh, my God, I'm being behind. Oh, my God, what can I do to get there faster? Because I realized, you know what, it's, about the, it's literally about the journey. You know, it's, it's not about the destination because 
look at what happened, you know, COVID mm-hmm. hit and we all thought we were doing something, doesn't matter what it was. And we just were like, nope, sit home. You can't, you can't go anywhere. That could very well happen with a lot of mm-hmm. other things like a meteor or, you know, mm-hmm. another disease or, or I don't know, power grid might shut down or, or something like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's, that's probably the biggest um, or the most in- inspiring quote that I can tell you. I, I learned from someone that I know. Mm-hmm. And absolutely, I think it's something that, um, you know, often we don't think about, um, is, you know, is, is this always going to stay the same? Um, is this opportunity I'm being given really the right one for me? Um, and I think the fact that you, you know, thought critically about it and, and came on to the fact that it is about the journey, that's, um, you know, that's what we hear, but knowing it experientially, it's like something different, really powerful. Um, so if you could, uh, go back in time, what advice would you give yourself? I would say, I know this now, but I would go inside my brain and kind of like make it a, how do I put this? Make it, make it have like really strong roots there so that I could actually do it the way I'm doing it now. Um, there's a legend that, that said one time, live, live as if you're going to die tomorrow and live as if you're going to live forever at the same time. If you can master that art, mm-hmm. then you're not going to lose any love. You're not also not going to beat yourself up for everything. And I've been trying so hard to do that. And there were moments that I was angry and I thought, I, I, I didn't think that, you know, I could lose someone if I'm being mean to them. Or, or I thought I have it all and I thought I have it forever. If I had that mindset, then uh, maybe the ones that I lost would still be lost. Maybe, you know, they would still be in heavens, but I wouldn't feel so bad for, uh, for the rest of my life thinking that I could have been nicer. You know, I could, have, I could have maybe called them one more time, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I really feel that statement. Um, and I think it, it just, what you said, like live, um, live like you're gonna die today, die tomorrow, but live like you're gonna live forever. It's so powerful, and it's it's um, it's kind of a freeing mindset. And um, you know, I relate as well. Like having lost people in my life, um, you know, you, you always have that thing of if I had just said this, if I had just done this, and and um, I feel like the lesson we learn from that is kind of along the lines you're saying, like, you know, you, you never know what's going to happen. We have to really appreciate all of these moments. So yes. I, I really, really appreciate that. Um, you've, sa- you've shared some really awesome points throughout your story, um, from your journey with Taekwondo to um, your journey with work and, um, you know, disentangling opportunities and going through the boss. Um, I feel like I really resonated with your point on, um, you know, the last point that you just spoke about, that, you know, we have to really, like, every second of the day matters, and how you mentioned before, that we really don't know what's going to happen next. Um, I think that's that's a really, really powerful message. Um, What does it mean to you now, um, having learned what you've learned about, um, about living in the moment? So maybe, maybe luckily, 
I, I have to, I have to think about that statement every single day, every single phone call. I don't know if it's related to here, but I, I, I have my own business now and it's a car dealership and mm-hmm. probably a lot of people can relate. It's very, it's not the cleanest business out there, especially if you don't know what you're doing or if you don't have um, certain rules to abide by for yourself, like ethics, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel it every day, you know? Somebody might call me and tell me, hey, you know, I, I want this car. And in my head, I know. Option A, you tell them this. Option B, you tell them that. Option B makes you this much money. Option A makes you no money or a little money. Then that comes to my head right mm-hmm. away. That, I mean, like, you know, if... Obviously, it's the right thing to do to help people. I'm not going to, I don't think anybody, anybody in the world would feel great by hurting people or, or ripping somebody off. But I guess humans, human, it's human nature to maybe sometimes tell ourselves certain things to make ourselves feel better for mm-hmm. that short term comfort or luxury or whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I tell myself, I'm like, listen, you're, you're not hungry, right? You're, you're not rich, but you're not hungry. So if you pass away in 10 minutes, if you get hit by a car or something happens, right? And, and you pass away, can you, is this the last thing you would want to be in your head? This, this is the last thing you, you would want to do? What's the last thing you would want to do, right? Mm. Or what if you're alive for until you're like 120 years old? You're still probably not going to forget this moment. And if you don't do this right, the next one, you're still going to mm. convince yourself to not do the next um, next right thing next thing next thing is a uh, you know how do i say it don't do it fairly because yeah you didn't do the first one right so it doesn't matter you can do the next one you can do the next one so mm-hmm. you're still gonna pass away at some point what if it's 120 years it could literally become like hell you know mm-hmm. living with that and knowing that you didn't do the right thing and it's just gonna become harder and harder to do the right Absolutely. thing yeah i feel like um you know like you mentioned like that short-term comfort it it often becomes about that rather than a person being um you know bad or doing a wrong thing sometimes we don't know how to prioritize and we you know it could be like oh i'm more important than this person so i'm just gonna put my needs first and it at the end of the day those those actions really do kind of come back to haunt us whether or not in, in our immediate consequences, it, it's still in our mind, it affects our emotions. And, you know, it's kind of like, um, we kind of learned that through life, right? That, sure. that it's yeah. always, we feel good when we're good to people and, and we take that second to think about them. Exactly, exactly. And you know what, I, I have to agree with you. And I've, I've had the, the place for a year now and because, myself and my team we have that you know we have that uh, book of ethics for ourselves to treat people right or treat them like family you know mm-hmm. if i tell something to my family then i will sell it to somebody else so we've had reviews we've had uh, reviews on google people literally real people saying the same things that you just mentioned they just say that they felt comfortable there they felt like they're being treated like family and they wrote it themselves we didn't push anybody to do anything right mm. and the feeling that they it gives us literally like the smile that puts on our face is worth a trillion dollars like i can't even put a price on that right it, mm. it's, it feels so great to mm-hmm. to make people feel like family to make people feel safe 
And I, I don't think there's any bigger reward than that in life. Absolutely, absolutely. I know it always makes my day if I can make someone else smile. So that's, that's amazing. Well, Hami, I want to thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your story. It's been truly inspirational and very empowering. Um, and just before we go, I want to ask you one last question. If you could describe a characteristic you see yourself as now, what would you say? I see myself as someone that has made peace with the fact that I can never be perfect, but just want to be better. So if I was to maybe picture it, I would be someone standing uh, on a road, really long road that you can't see the end of it, but I'm happy that I can't see the end of it. And yeah, and that's, and that gives me peace, you know, because mm -hmm. I used to, I used to really want to look forward to the next turn and, and that bothered me a lot. I just wanted to know what's going to happen at the end, but mm -hmm. now I just know that I just take one step. If I help one person along the way, then I made the world a better place, even a little bit. Yeah. And I just, I just want to do that. And I hope that I'm that person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm sure you are. And um, I feel like you have a lot to offer and you have been to the world, like really. Um, it's like about those little steps, those little moments, and it's about the journey. Um, so I want to thank you once again, Hami, for joining us. And thank, thank you, for you all for uh, joining our new our episode of the Speak Real podcast. Uh, if you want to hear more stories, uh, subscribe, comment, like, and share. Join us next time because we're here every Thursday. Uh, if you want to help support our Youth by Youth po project, please visit us at youthspeak.ca. Uh, you can donate and uh, spread youth mental health awareness. And I also just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors, TV Bank Group. Uh, thank you so much for supporting our online program. Mm -hmm.